0: Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Quacking PDX, the number one sports podcast for Oregonian sports fanatics. Happy Thanksgiving everybody, today is an exciting episode, a Civil War preview with my good friend Cody Stubbs, also known as Antone. What's up Antone?
1: Hey guys.
0: Tomorrow, <laughs> tomorrow is the Civil War. Uh, Oregon versus Oregon State. A huge rivalry game with a lot on the line. Always Oregon Oregon comes into the game ranked number six in the country, ten and one as a college football playoff hopeful. And uh, Oregon State comes in ranked number sixteen, hoping to to spoil the Ducks playoff chances. Anton, you've watched a lot of Beaver football this year. Tell me about the Oregon State. Tell me about the Oregon State team. Um
1: and how, they've, how their season's gone. Well, they're sitting at eight and two right now, but they're actually better than their record, say it like how the record says right now. They've lost their three games by a combined eight points, hmm. and they've played a lot of hard opponents along the way. Uh, there's a very good Oregon State team. I'm really looking forward to this game.
0: Yeah, what is the strength of
1: the Oregon State team this year? The Oregon State team, our offense definitely hinges on the running game and our defense. Yeah. We got a young secondary and a very experienced box, you know? Okay. Yeah,
0: Damian Martinez, right, is your uh, stud running back there.
1: Yes. Absolutely electric. Amazing player. Hmm. I think best running back in the Pac 12. I'm a little biased, though. So. No, I mean, that's fair. That's fair. You said the uh, Oregon State secondary is inexperienced. Yes, pretty young. Uh, mm. We had multiple people graduate last year. And so it's been a little hard for them to, uh, you know, compete with this lack of experience.
0: Yeah. I mean, that, that'll that be interesting because Oregon's wide receivers are uh, some of the best they've ever been right now. We got Troy Franklin and Tez Johnson both uh, looking really good. So that'll be That'll be exciting. I think Oregon is one of the best football teams in the country this year. Because, um, you know, we've always been known for our flash and big play abilities and our speed. But Dan Lennon has really brought a SEC caliber physicality to this <clears throat> football team, which I think is even different from last season. You know, um, Oregon State ran all over us last year. And you know, it will again. Yeah, except our our defensive line is a lot better this season. And um our depth at the defensive line position is a lot better. You know, big Brandon Dorless. He's coming. Uh Jordan Birch. And definitely our linebackers are here to play this year. Uh our linebackers stunk last year. Justin Flo was <clears throat> awful. So it's it's definitely a different defense. because um, you know, last year our offense was just as electric, but It's our defense this year, which I think has the ability to shut down. You know, not completely shut down Martinez, because he's a great player. Um, But shut them down enough to where DJ's going to have to make some plays. So, you know, Troy Franklin, 1,200 receiving yards right now. Last game against Arizona State broke the all-time Oregon records for uh, receiving yards and receiving touchdowns in a season. 13 Receiving touchdowns, so he's uh, making a case for the goat Oregon wide receiver. And Bucky Irving, who in my opinion is the best running back in the Pac-12, uh, capped off a back-to-back 1,000-yard rushing seasons. Ah. last game against Arizona State. So, and then of course we got Bo Nix. Bo Nix is uh, Bo Nicks is him. Yes. I think he's. I think he's gonna. Gonna put up great numbers and uh, win the Heisman.
1: Yeah, he's had a great year despite his unfortunate rhyming name with uh, something I can't mention on air. <laughs> uh, you know, it's been uh, it's been fun watching it, it, him sometimes. It, it's been I really like fun. It. Yeah, as I an mean, opposing fan. But...
0: Yeah. No, I mean, he's definitely run the ball less this year but he's been just so smart in the air and put up really big numbers. Um, Yeah, I mean, last, in the Civil War last year, Oregon came in hoping to make the Pac-12 championship game. Um, They came in as a team who I think was one of the best teams in the Pac-12 last year, probably could have challenged USC just as well as Utah did. And we were up 25 points in the third quarter. I think, well, we were up what, like 33 to 10 in the third quarter? And Oregon State didn't throw the ball another down. And just every play was a 10 yard rush or more and found their way to winning the game. I just, I remember watching every play was a run and every play was a big time run. Oregon couldn't stop that at all. Um, Yeah. Because our defensive line, as, Talented as they were, they got tired. You know, we had just a couple, just a couple of players that really knew what they were doing there, and then you know our yeah, linebackers were terrible. That's
1: always hard when you don't have depth at a certain position. Mm-hmm. The more a slugfest the game is, the harder it is for teams without depth. Yeah. No, this year, this year we brought
0: that. This year we have that. So, uh, you know, Jaden Ott at. California was a big-time running back, supposedly. And Oregon was all over that and was able to win that game pretty handily. Tell me about
1: the Oregon State passing attack. Is it a threat? Well, it is. But only after the rushing attack gets in its groove. Yeah, I feel like this passing attack with DJU uh, gold... Irish, uh, all these guys, it can be very great. But all alone, it's not enough to carry them to a win against the number six seed. Yeah. But I think the key is going to have to be giving Martinez the ball on first down and letting DJ air it out on those short second downs. Second and three, second and two, second and four. Yeah. We want to see him taking shots deep downfield, and then we're going to have to rush to pick up the pieces if it's incomplete. That's what the beers are going to have to do all game.
0: Yeah, I mean, I just think DJ can't be trusted to make clutch plays. So, like, DJ will look good in a easy win for Oregon State. But, you know, if that <clears> doesn't happen, if the run game isn't established, you know, does DJ have what it takes to, to be clutch down the stretch and
1: make big time throws throughout
0: the, throughout the game?
1: that it is a concern there are some days where he is very off and some days that he is very on yeah i think that has been my biggest concern all year looking at him yeah so it'll all it'll all come down to
0: whether it is just one of those days or not yeah
1: well yeah no continue he I feel like he is more of a game manager, like I've been saying, with the rushing attack. But he's made a lot of spectacular throws, and he's a big threat in the rushing game, too, on short downs. Yeah. Something Oregon's going to have to look forward to. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Well,
0: that is a preview of both the Oregon and the Oregon State teams. Um. My next question for you, Anton, is do you have any favorite Civil War memories, um, considering this is the last time Oregon and Oregon State will play on Rivalry Weekend, um, yes. The sad collapse of the Pac-12? <clears throat>
1: yeah, it's quite unfortunate what's happened, but it like, is. it's all we can do is look back to the past uh, and think about, you know, how it's been. I think... For sure, my favorite was about eight years ago at this point. Uh, I think 2016, if it's correct. Yeah. The Beavers were hosting. We hadn't won in a while, and we were not a good team. But that's been the story of the Beavers for a little bit in my lifetime. Yeah.
0: I mean, Uh, Oregon in 2016, that was our worst season that I can ever remember. Um that was after the Mariota days, and then after Vernon Adams had graduated, it was Herbert's Herbert's freshman year. Oregon went four and eight on the season. That's when Washington beat us like seventy-two to six. Um, so I can imagine that being a fun year for Oregon State,
1: or maybe I'm thinking of the wrong year. But all of a different I remember one. is the Beavers were down at half. Yeah. Uh, I think a few scores. And at the beginning of the third quarter, it started pouring rain. Mm. Absolutely pouring rain. Yeah. And for some reason, only then is when the Beavers decided to turn it on and make a comeback. And we sat to until the end of that game.
0: Where you guys came were there, huh?
1: To, came, yep, came down to the very wire. Oh, that's awesome. And the Beavers sport poured it out and that is uh, my favorite Civil War memory yeah
0: I mean I definitely remember growing up watching the Civil War Um, back I have this memory when I was little at my grandma's house watching the Civil War on like their little box TV Um, Oregon just Oregon just dominating Um, as they have in the past you know 15 years Oregon State has gotten the best of us in the Two out of the past three games, but Oregon's dominated in the past few years. Um, let me take mm-hmm. a look back at the ten most important Oregon Oregon State games. Um, in two thousand nine, Oregon won the game thirty seven to thirty three, um, where the Rose Bowl was on the line. Um, that yeah. was a that was a big time game. I don't quite remember that one. Um, uh, I think the last time both teams were ranked this high was in 2000. Um, the ducks were ranked number five in the country and the beeves were ranked number eight. And, uh, mm. Oregon state won that game 23 to 13, uh, Oregon legend, Joey Harrington threw five interceptions in that one. Uh, Ooh. the Beavs went on to win the Fiesta bowl and the ducks went on to win the holiday bowl. Um, yeah, 2014, uh, that was Mariota's senior year, his Heisman winning season, Oregon won that game big time, 47 to 19. That was a big win for us. Um, but yeah, there's been a lot of big time matchups and I think this game is just as big, perhaps the biggest matchup, uh, between the two schools ever ranked Oregon number 6 Oregon State number 16 both teams still have a lot to play for. Mhm. Um if Oregon wins, <clears throat> they move on to the Pac-12 Championship game against Washington. Um does Oregon State still have a chance to make the Pac-12 Championship or
1: are they have they been eliminated from that? I'm I'm not too certain about that because I think they're Uh, Third place in the Pac-12? I think Arizona would have
0: to lose, Oregon State would have to win, and then you guys would get in.
1: Yeah. I think that's what it is. (laughs) Yeah, I I think Arizona is above us. Interesting. So yeah, they would have to lose in... Guess we'll be hoping for that, but but there's still a chance. There's still a chance. So
0: both teams always have both teams have a lot to play for. Um, mm-hmm. Well, the next thing I want to talk about is a little bit of a bright note for both programs. The future of the Civil War. Um, Oregon is trying to make it happen. Oregon and uh, released their initial schedule for the 2024 season, and for the first time since. World War II, Oregon State was not on their schedule. So it was, it was just really sad to, to see for, I think, me as an Oregon fan and you as an Oregon State fan. And, and I think as a it,
1: football fan. Like, and as a football fan. Is... And
0: as a Pac-12 fan, it's really sad. And I think the scheduling came down to uh, at the time that Oregon needed to finalize their schedule, at least for their initial release, Oregon State did not have a conference and did not have a schedule, and so was unable to um, assuringly schedule a game. Mm -hmm. But there have been a lot of talks between Oregon, Oregon State, and Boise State. Oregon Mm -hmm. travels, wait, yeah, I think we traveled. no, we play Boise State at home um, in the non-conference games next season. And there's been a lot of talk to reschedule that game into the 2030s and schedule a Oregon-Oregon State matchup in uh, the non-conference games. So early September, which really, really has me excited. I think for sure when, when Oregon and Washington announced that they were leaving, uh, the Oregon president <clears throat> said, that the university wanted to continue the rivalry matchups against Oregon State and that it was that they intended to do everything that they could to make sure that the game still happened so yes you know i've been personally i've been rooting for Oregon State to find a conference to find some sort of um something reliable for them in order to mm-hmm. um have stability next year and be able to play Oregon next year i think it's the, it's the best thing for football to be able to keep these rivalries happening. Um, yeah. The Civil War down here, as well as the Apple Cup up in Washington. Um, the talks are happening. <clears throat> and I am hopeful that that can get done and that Oregon and Oregon State can play next year.
1: Yeah. I mean, you don't want to go too many years without seeing it, you know? Yeah, I don't want to go a year. I mean, it'd be so sad to cancel it
0: after, you know, 50, 60 years of playing it. And it was just that one year, I think, during World War II. They've played almost every year mm-hmm. for over 100 years, which just is – it'd be really sad to see that stop. Um, yeah. I think another thing, Another thing I'm interested in asking you about is Oregon State head coach Jonathan Smith. And the rumors that he is looking to take another job in the off season. I what are your thoughts heard on this? I've about
1: that. And I, I don't think I believe he'll leave. Yeah. I think he's going to be staying. You think he's going to stay? As you know, he was a quarterback for Oregon State. Yeah. They had a lot of success with him back in the day. And I feel like he's in true blood, Oregon State. I I think he'll be staying. He's certainly been a really, really good coach for you guys and brought your program
0: to relevance after uh, the 2010s of just being a mid-team. But I think with the way things have gone down and Oregon State's lack of certainty next year, um, I wouldn't be surprised if he's looking or at least hearing, listening to offers. Um, I -hmm. think that's what he said on a radio show is that his agent is just currently hearing offers. Um, yeah. Which is, which is different than what Dan Lanning said when asked about the Texas A&M, A&M job. Uh, Dan Lanning said, absolutely not. Uh, Oregon is my home and <coughs> I'm here to stay, which um, I can tell you as an Oregon fan, coaches love to leave us. They uh, do. That's you their favorite see. thing to do is come from the south – <laughs> uh, to Oregon, have a couple years of dominance, and then go back to the South and have their careers kind of not do so well from there. I mean, Cristobal was our latest example, but uh, our coach in 2016, Willie Taggart, also left, um, I think, for an SEC job. So people like to leave Oregon, <clears> and I was really encouraged by Dan mm-hmm. Landing. I mean, Landing really, there's no need for him to leave. He's created such a strong program. Here at Oregon, and he's so well taken care of. And with Oregon moving to the Big Ten, I mean, what? I can't really think of a job that's much better than that.
1: Yeah, that's what they all say. And then uh, your coach leaves anyway. So yeah, I mean, I'm just
0: <laughs> I'm just trying to be optimistic. <laughs> it's tough. Um, yeah, well, you think you, you think the rumors think of. You know f- <laughs> <laughs> Do you think the rumors of Smith leaving will impact the way that Oregon State plays the game tomorrow?
1: No. No? Or at least they better not. <laughs>
0: <laughs> You're hoping they don't. Yeah, I mean, yeah. when the rumors that Cristobal was going to leave to Miami took place, that was in uh, the 2021 season. Oregon. <laughs> Dropped back-to-back games to Utah by a Mm. combined score of, like, 72-13. to (laughs) Um, And they just, they looked dead out there. And Cristobal wasn't trying, and they, Mm. yeah, it it was tough. So, I think that can definitely impact the team if you think your coach isn't 100% in it. Mm -hmm. So, that'll be, that'll be interesting for me. Well... My next segment is uh, the three keys to success for each team in order to win the game. Um, would you like to start with Oregon State's three keys or shall I start? I'll let the, I'll let the host start. Yeah, I'd be happy to. Uh, so my keys for the University of Oregon to win the, the Civil War tomorrow is number one, stopping the run. Uh, last year... They ran all over us and uh, need to be physical on first down. Got to get Martinez down for a short game or, you know, a tackle in the backfield. And I think we can do it this year. I think um, on occasion he will get big plays, but the majority of the time Oregon needs to be more physical, even though Oregon State has a top 10 offensive line in college football this year. Um, Oregon's got to stop the run. Uh, number two for me is Bo Nix playing a smart game and uh, running the ball a little bit more. Uh, all season, Nix has looked really good, looked really smart, and he needs to continue that. He needs to continue that level of play. Uh, he can't, he can't <clears throat> let the big moment get to him, which I think hasn't really happened. Um, when we lost to Washington, it really wasn't on Nix, so. I think he's played well. I think he's played well in every game. I think he's played well in every game. I mean that's not a bad take. He he was not as at fault as others in that uh, in that loss. I think the yeah. play calling and our kicking was really it. But uh and my third key to success for this game is uh for the Oregon defense to get into DJU's head. Um they got to make him feel that pressure, and that's the crowd, too. Um, I think D.J. is a very unproven quarterback in college football, and I think this will be one of the most intense games he's played all year. Of course, last week Mm -hmm. against Washington was an intense game, um, and I got to watch that fourth quarter, those final drives, and D.J. was not doing it. He just just wasn't doing it. So um, Mm -hmm. Oregon, the combination of being able to consistently – stop the run, and then getting into DJ's head, you know, forcing turnovers, picking him off. I think our secondary play will depend on our defensive line's play. You know, if he has a ton of time, he'll hit the receivers. But, you know, if he's getting hit, if he's getting pressured, I think we can force interceptions and force sacks, and that can be um, the way that Oregon wins this game easily. Mm. Uh,
1: So what about you? What are your three keys to success for Oregon State? Well, I think the first thing the Beavers are going to have to do to win is control the time of possession. We're going to have to eat up that clock on every single drive. Hmm. Probably going to have to run the ball in the game plan a lot, a lot, a lot. First, second down each time. The the, the, The fewer chances you give this Oregon offense to score, the better. And I think that's gonna be the game plan today, or tomorrow. Tomorrow, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> uh, I think the second key will be turnovers. You can't turn, turn. the ball over. Yeah, I'm, I'm telling you right now, if Oregon State turns the ball over two times or more, we're not winning this game.
0: Yeah, I mean that was There's really no the, chance. That was the key to last week's loss to Washington, right? Was, it uh, was? They played a very complete game, and the turnovers were the the reason for the loss. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Hmm. And I'd say the third key has got to be winning third downs. You got to convert them, and you got to stop the other team from getting them. Yeah, that's what you got to do. Yeah, I think that's going to be their key to success.
0: It's certainly a big game. Um, Let's do let's do some score predictions. Um, I'll start.
1: I'll
0: start with my score prediction Uh, for (laughs) the Civil War. For the Civil War tomorrow, I have Oregon winning the game 38-24. to I think Oregon State's going to run the ball well enough. They're going to score, but I think um, our offense is just so much more experienced and so much flashier that we're going to be able to get more points, and the defense is going to ball out just enough to get a sound victory. So let's hear your score prediction.
1: Oregon State wins. Obviously, of course, that's what I'm picking. Of course, 41 to 38. 41 to 38. Okay, a high-scoring yeah, game on game, high both score. sides. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: You think if Oregon State scores 41 points, how many of those are rushing touchdowns? Four of them. Yeah. So just, I think just a good mix. Three to the running backs, one to the quarterback. Yeah, that sounds like that sounds like a straight battle of no defense. Which I think, I think and hope that Oregon is uh, better than that. But
1: well, it's either we'll going to be high scoring or low scoring. Yeah, no, it is. I feel like it's uh-huh. not going to be in the middle.
0: The weather predicts a nice sunny day, blue Ooh. skies, so rain will not be a factor. So I think we'll be able to see both offenses clicking as well as they can, and weather not being a factor. Yeah. Well, all right, man. All right. That's about it for this episode. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thanks Um, for having me. Of course. And uh, let's hope you have a great game tomorrow. No injuries. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's hope the Pac-12 refs can put together a decent game.
1: (laughs) That's uh, easier said than done for those guys. (laughs) Yes, it is. All right, man. All right. See well, you next time. Uh, we'll see if I want to talk to you tomorrow. Then you go and the game. Goes. That's right.